hardship no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Now, I'm continuing with what I started, the mystery of the church. We all know the foundation scripture, which is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 20, where Jesus was on the move and was going with his disciples, but there's a need for him to pause and find out some few things about himself from the disciples and if I, you permit me, let me open to that place and read quickly. I did not intend to read it today, but let me read it for the reason of emphasis so that I can build on quickly. Matthew 16, 13 to 20 reads. He says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is it written in your Bible? And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, their Christ. Amen. So we, we read it last week and we came out with so many things that tells us that nobody knows you, but it's the Lord that knows you. Amen. And sometimes the testimonies of men about you is subject to what they have seen you do, is subject to your environment, is subject to even where you grow up, is subject to your vocation, your attitude and others. So they describe you for that. However, God sees you better than what others see you of. Amen. So you should know that you don't live by the opinions and the testimonies of men is good. But however, your ultimate dependency should be upon God. Because he holds that blueprint of your life. He knows why you were born onto this earth and he knows why you are here on this earth. He knows why you find yourself in the place where you find yourself. I was listening to a man of God yesterday and he's saying that God has a way of blessing us because we are blessed based on our place, that is location. We are blessed by our purpose. That is what God has called us to do. Amen. So if you find yourself in your right place, you'll be blessed. If you find yourself in the wrong place, you will struggle. That is why it is always good for you to find out whether where I am is the right place. Tell somebody whether it's the right place. Because God is a God of location and in location he blesses. He told Isaac, said, dwell in the land and I will bless you. Even though the land was a land of farming, it was not a land of plenty. Egypt has plenty. Isaac wants to go to Egypt according to Genesis 26. But God said, dwell in the land. The land has nothing to offer, but God said, dwell there. And, and he dwell in that land. The Bible said that in that land of farming, he prospered. Bible said that I, Ishmael and Hagar were taken out. They were cast out from the house of Abraham. 
You can study that also in Genesis chapter 21. He was cast out from the house of Abraham. And they left with water and bread. With all the riches of Abraham, they had nothing. But God has already indicated unto Hagar, the previous chapter, when he ran away from his mistress, Sarah, that he should go back to submit to Sarah because the child in her womb is a covenant child. And he, God said, he will bless the child irrespective of the circumstances. So when the time came and they were cast out, they found themselves at a specific place and at a specific time. They find themselves in the wilderness. A wilderness is a place of wild animals. A wilderness is a place of struggle, of lack. A wilderness is a place of nothingness. A wilderness had nothing pleasant or good to show. And comparing it to the pleasantries of the house of Abraham, they have been denied so much that they have to go back and even war for it. But in the midst of the confusion of the woman and the tears, and a, a, a depression and a frustration God showed up because wherever is the place God sent you God will show up in that place God showed up and God said take the child because where the child is sleeping or where the child is crying that is where I have made provision the woman went in there and the woman saw that water is coming out of the ground fed the water fed the child and the place became settlers for the migrant of the Egyptians and everything that when they were traveling through the desert they have to settle there and the place became an oasis where people can settle and have flourishing and today has developed into Saudi Arabia where we call a business center a place of Islam and power and influence of wealth and stability and grace because God is dwelling there by covenant. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Lord found himself in the wrong place. He chose the best part according to the, the, the encounter that he had with Abraham in Genesis chapter 40 when there was a strife between him and Abraham's shepherd. Abraham, his father, who raised himself, chose a place. And Bible said that he chose the best part of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Bible said that Sodom and Gomorrah was like Eden, which means everything that was flourishing. He left the deserted place for Abraham. But Bible said that night when he left Abraham, God came to Abraham and said, lift up your eyes for where your eyes is, I'll give unto you. And God gave Abraham a territorial jurisdiction over all the boundaries and the territories where even Lot was occupying. Guess this. What this? When Lot went onto that land, even though the land looks pleasant, the land looks good. Everything in the land is flourishing. Where Abraham was located, he has to struggle. However, the place of Eden was a place of snare. It was there that Lot was destroyed. Her wife turned into a pillar of salt as a result of that attack on Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. But the abode of Abraham was preserved because Abraham found himself in the right place. Because God will protect you in your right place. He will not protect you in the wrong place. Bible said that Moses was shepherding the sheep of Jethro and found himself at the Mount Horeb at the backside of the of the of that place of the mountain and he saw a tree that was burning but the flowers were not consumed uh, and, and he went near to see what is happening and God spoke to him that where you are standing is a holy place so take out your shoe because I have an assignment for you You receive your assignment in your rightful place. You don't receive your assignment in your wrong place. For when you find your right place at your right time, God will reveal himself and bless you. When you find yourself in the wrong place, you cannot see the glory of the Lord. Because the blessings of the Lord cannot manifest in the wrong place. It manifests in the, in the right place. If your right place was even in a prison, God will show up like he showed up in the prison for Peter. If your right place is even in the boat of affliction, God will show up 
up and you calm the storms. But if your right place is even the lions then like Daniel, God will appear and shut the mouth of the lions. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? If your right place is Babylon, you can be cast into the fairly frames of affliction where they will be burnt and you, they thought you would die. But your fourth man shall appear in the fire. The right place. The right place. At the right time. God showed himself to Moses, gave him an assignment to go back to Egypt, his place of preparation. To fulfill an assignment. The purpose why is on earth. And you are miserable if you don't know your purpose in life. That's not what I'm talking about today. A lot of us are busy going about, we are busy bodies. We, 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 we think we are doing anything, but we are not fulfilling anything. On the records of heaven, in terms of fulfillment of purpose, is negative. But yet we are full of activities without results. Somebody say, God have mercy. Turn up and say, God have mercy. It's important to know that your assignment makes you to have sleepless night. Your assignment motivates you whether you have money or you don't have money. Your assignment is the fuel that keeps you going. Your assignment is what gives you the heartbeat. And your assignment should always be human related. I was reading a, 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 a caption that was brought to me just yesterday from a friend. He was just reading and he brought him for us to watch. Um, how many years? About a young girl of about six or five years who is a fashion designer. Uh huh. And this girl shows that she's now, she's in California as I talked to her, and, and, and she's into big time, she's sewing, and people are just flooding into her, and she sew, and she sews it as a hobby, and you know what you do? Whatever she generates, she sews also for orphanages, and she said that whatever she has, she has to give back to society and so she encourages even her friends go to the young ones and speak to them that they have a reason to minister back to society, and goes to orphanages, go to homeless places and go to people who don't have, and so close for people who don't have something wear because he said God if God has given her the privilege to wear dresses she sees others who don't have that she has to minister to them you see if your blessing does not minister to humanity your blessing I don't care what your riches are it can fill a house and triple over it is not money that is enjoyed it is money that is destroyed Whatever talent and ability you have, if it does not bless anybody, if it does not reform or transform somebody, then you are failed in life. You don't have a purpose. We are not born to occupy space. We are born to influence. Let somebody see you and say that if it has not been for this man, I wouldn't be where I am. Amen. It's very important for you to understand It's very important for you to understand. For you to understand that when God is doing a work in your life, he packages you and fills you for it. So you don't need to lean on the understanding of men. Because you will miss it. Church. I've already told you who is the church. You are the church. The one sitting next to you even your brother or your sister or your siblings don't know you. So don't make a mistake. People can tell you we'll help you, but they don't know what help you need. 
it is only you that know what help you need. Because the best physiotherapist, it is you and not any other person. That is why if you live a life at the mercies of men, you fail a miserable failure. You become what the Englishman call a parasite. And parasites don't survive if they don't have their target. That's why mosquito is a parasite. If it doesn't have your body to feed blood with his proboscis in order to live, he will die. Thought you give a clap of flame to the Lord. <laughs> to whom much is given, much is required. So Jesus asked that, who do men say? And they said everything and he said that flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you by my father. And I told you that the church is a place of revelation. Amen. So first of all, you should know that the church is revealed. Tell somebody the church is revealed. Come with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I will show you something. From verse 40, he said, These things are right to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I will arise so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Tell somebody you know how to con- conduct yourself in the house of God. People think that in the house of God, you see, we call it the house of God because it's the place of the church, which is the garden. I told the church is ecclesia, it's the call out ones. Call out ones because we have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. So we have been washed in the blood and we have been assembled. So, so Hebrews call us what? The gathering of the brethren, which is the, the, where the heavenly host encamps. Amen. And when in Paul's description, it calls us the commonwealth of Israel. So anytime we assemble, it is like a, the, 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 the United Nations General Council. And Corinthians made us to understand that we are ambassadors. So it's an ambassador. Everybody sitting by you today who is at the church, who is your fellow brother or Christian in the Lord, he's an ambassador. He's a diplomat of heaven. So you carry heavily diplomatic passports. So you have access to every nation. Because Psalm 24 said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So your diplomacy, it is not restricted. It is not by bilateral talks. It is not by bilateral ties. Because wherever your feet shall trod, you shall possess. Jacob stared unto lose and turned lose into battle. He possessed it. Abraham entered into Egypt and for 24 hours, the whole of Egypt knew that Abraham has stepped into Egypt. He ran from you are of Kaden. He is not from Egypt, but he turned Egypt around and came back with the resources of Egypt. How? Because he's there. Are you there with me? He's an ambassador. His father holds the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. Therefore, he has the mandate to influence his generation. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were carried as slaves to Babylon. They have no right, they have no citizenship, but at the end of the day, they were ruling in Babylon. Who am I talking to? Their reason of rulership was not because of their descent or by their nationality or they have naturalized or whatever, but their reason of ruling is because they belong to the king of kings and the lord of lords. So they are ambassadors. They carry heavily diplomatic influence. Joseph was sold into Egypt as a slave. 
and he had and Potiphar need to kill him so he was put into prison you know why he cannot be tried and cannot be sentenced because a diplomat cannot be sentenced by another country so whilst he stood trial his president from the headquarters of heaven send an emergency information to the king that sits upon the throne that there is my diplomat that you are keeping in prison and he said begin to dream because he needs to be connected to the dream for his coming to come out and instantly Pharaoh began to dream and Genesis 41 said that and Pharaoh dreamt and he was troubled by the dream so he sought for an interpretation and all the earthly ministers, the earthly diplomats around Pharaoh could not interpret the dream. They have to seek the heavenly ambassador who is influencing the society on earth. He is a prisoner but he carries a mandate. And he came out of prison and interpreted the dream. And out of that interpretation by heavenly divine promotion he sat on the throne of Egypt as the ever prime minister next to the commander general in chief who is Pharaoh and his economic policy up to today is being practiced by the whole of Egypt. In Egypt individuals don't own property. It is the government that owns the property and they are dwelling in safety. Who am I preaching to? It is a slave who entered in there and changed there because he was not limited by his slavehood. He was influenced by his source. Oh, oh can, you, can, can you understand what I'm talking about? It is not what they describe him to be. It is not a prison he was in. It was not a prison dresses he was wearing. But he carries a power from a source. From the father who is the source. And the father is the one that created the heavens and the earth. And Bible says, and all that dwellers on it. Indian, Japanese, French, whatever. Every human being is controlled by the Lord. And the Bible says the heart of the king is the house of the Lord. And he turns it where he pleases. So you are an ambassador. You should know that. Know your identity. Ephesians said that we are highly exalted. Far above principalities and powers. Seated at the highest place with Christ Jesus. That is your position. Romans says that we are no more condemned. Romans said, he said for now there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but walk by the spirit. We don't walk by the flesh, we walk by the spirit. Jesus before Pontius Pilate, he said, don't you know I have your life in my hands. He says, you don't have, according to John's account, he said, you don't have my life. He said that I choose to lay down my life and I take back my life because my kingdom is not of this earth, my kingdom is heaven. And what is above all is above all. You have to renew your mind. Romans chapter 12. He said renew your mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, you can be walking in authority, but you will still be a servant. According to Ecclesiastes, you will be like the, the, the kings who instead of sitting on the horse, they are walking and the servants are riding the horse. But I decree today that it shall not be. The children of God shall sit on their horses and the servants shall ride on before them because that is our heritage and that is our place. 
your silence is not your weakness because Bible said that you carry judgment to your mouth for your mouth we say whoever you forgive shall be forgiven and whoever you hold against shall be held against according to Christ's statement in Matthew so you have the power to determine where somebody sleeps today and when he wakes up tomorrow Sometimes I say when I, I sometimes want to be diplomatic a bit to man of God to allow people to, to, to try to see how intelligent and, and how mature they are to also deal with issues. So that sometimes restricts me, and sometimes this organizational thing sometimes are you there with me? It, it, it limits you and makes some riffraffs and other things can just come into your into your your your, your place of domain and just mess up and defecate. And you have to just look over it and brush over. But you don't know that Bible made us to understand that we are the lions of the tribe of Judah. A lion who is sleeping is dangerous. And when he wakes up, you cannot. Because when a lion roars, the whole geographical circumstance of the area and the animal kingdom knows that the lion is there. Sometimes you don't need to roar because you want somebody to also learn something or to do something. But it's not a weakness. You don't know who you are. A little witch can just fly over your house. And all of a sudden you are confused. A little dream you are confused. I get angry. I don't get scared. I get angry. When issues of the devil and issues of misconduct are happening. I get angry. My expression is of anger and not of fear. Because the lion in us is not of fear. For Bible says that God has not given a spirit of fear. But he has given us the spirit of boldness and of sound mind. In Revelation he said the coward and the fearful shall not enter into the kingdom of God. You see church you don't understand. Your nature is not cowardice. Your nature is boldness. Bible said the spiritual man judges all things but yet he himself is not judged by anybody study Bible you touch the child of God, the church you touch God, study the scriptures whenever there is a touch of the church, you are the church I'm talking about so you know, whenever you are touched, God rises up on your behalf in the book of Acts chapter 9 when he met Saul who was persecuting the church he said why are you persecuting me Saul you can go and read it and Saul said who are you he said I am Christ the one you are persecuting but in actual sense it was not Jesus who was physically being persecuted it was the disciples who were being persecuted and they have scattered and they have run away and Paul has taken permission from the authorities of earth to go and, and, and destroy them and on their way the owner of the earth who has made the church an ambassador decided to intervene. Do you think you can mess, you can mess up with a diplomat of the United States? Look at me. Can you mess up? You better not. You be- and that person knows his right. You see the problem with the church is that we don't know our rights. So sometimes when we want to exercise our right, even the church pulls us back. Thank you. 
So the glory of the church is not seen. And now we have made a church of a place where there is not power and authority and orderliness and discipline and decency and, and whatever. There is no proper conduct. Because we don't know who we are. A diplomat don't eat anyway. A diplomat don't wear anything. A diplomat when he appears, you know he's a diplomat. In the midst of people, you will know. Because he's an asset of the state. That is why his passport is not like what we carry. The color of his passport is even different. Oh, I thought you would give a clap of free unto the Lord. The scrutinization you will go through the, uh, the, the what do you call it? The, 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 the airport and get frustrated. He does not go through it. So sometimes what you tell him, he doesn't understand. Man of God, until I became a prefect in school, I never understood a certain enjoyment. When we were in second year, we were fighting everything and pushing everything and all the, and we don't see why the prefects are not dealing with the training college. Until we move in there, I became the sports prefect. And you know, the sports prefect, the prefect have their table and the assistants have their table. If you are late to dining, you'll be disciplined. But the prefect can be late to dining. Even when dining is closed. And he can even choose that they should bring his food to his cubicle. When it's prep over, you have to sleep. But when prep over is there, I still can walk. And I can meet the housemaster. we can chat. I can go to town and come back. Are you there with me? We call it immunity. Oh, who am I preaching to? Who am I talking to? You enjoy immunity as a child. Oh God. You have a certain immunity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you are covered by the blood. It's your immunity. You hide under the cross. It's your immunity. You have what takes you to be covered from danger. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord is my refuge and my strength. In whom I will trust when my enemies come against me. church. If you don't know who you are, you just mess up. She said, who do men say that I am? Until they spoke who Jesus is. He said, you are the Christ. That is his assignment and his mandate and who he is. Then all of a sudden, then Jesus said, ah, you have now revealed my true identity as the ambassador on earth. Who carries the mandate and I'm a representative of my boss. An ambassador is a representative of the sitting president of a government of a nation in another country, isn't it? So every protocol that the president should enjoy, the ambassador enjoys it. The citizen in another country, an ambassador there is the one that mediates for the citizens. And his word is also law. Do you get what I'm saying? If you are recalled for missions, it's serious. And a lot of us, the Christians and the believers, we don't take care, we'll be recalled. And ours, unfortunately, that when you are recalled from mission, it's serious. Or give me a wave if you understand what I'm talking about. Tell somebody, you better move to your rightful place. Tell somebody, you better move to your rightful place. And start living the refraff Christian life. Tell the person. You carry more power, but you don't know. Because we don't understand. Because you see, in the kingdom, as children of the kingdom, which is the church, Bible says life and death lies in the power of our tongue. 
And Hebrew says that God called those things that were not as though they were. No, they existed. He called them as though they were. That means he pretended that the thing is there and he called it. And when he called it, it came into being. So you don't buy a car when you have money. You buy a car because you call it into being. You don't build a house because you have money. You call a house because you have what is in you. Because we are what you call creative power. Bara, bara. He, you, you bring out the God factor in you. And then you bara over the thing. You speak it out. This is the Holy Spirit in you. The pneuma, the power of the Spirit. And you breathe upon it. And Bible says that and God created when Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And man was there. And God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living being. And God said, let there be light. God bara. Elohim bereshi bara. That is what the Hebrew says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Tell somebody you have the power to bara. It is the power to create. To call things that were not into existence. That is why we look at a sick person and we are not doctors, but we say you are healed. And the person is healed. Did I carry a stethoscope? No. Did I check your pressure? No. Do I know that you are healed? Yes. Because the God that I believe in is the one that makes all things possible. Isaiah 53 said, by his stripes, we are healed. The church carries power. The church carries power. The church carries power. He says that, he said, oh Jesus, he said, you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, not the church of the dead God. When we come to church, don't come to church to think that there are no answers. Sometimes we come to church and you tell people that God is blessing people. And people are opening their eyes to see where is the blessing from. Some people will say that, I'm not for, then you take a stand. It's good. Why are they eating communion? Why are they doing this? The church is a spiritual body influencing a physical environment. So if you want to use your rational mind, you miss it. The God we came to is living. So anytime we step into the church or we step into the house of God, we are the church. Anytime we step into the house of God, we should know that God is already here. Hebrews 11 verse 6 said that he said whenever we come to God, we should know that he is present. Which we are before we enter, he's already waiting. So it's not that we are not coming to look for God. Oh, hello, are you there with me? Whether the music plays, whether the song is sung, whether the preaching is preached or not, are you there with me? Whether offerings are given or not, whether a powerful someone is delivered or not, whether we come in into the house of God or not, whether we give our title offerings or not, God is there. Do you understand it? That is why if you know you can walk into this place, I will not be here. Everybody will not be here. It is between you and this altar. And you will put your petition here. 
and you believe that you are spoken to God, by the time you get home, you have an answer. You have to understand how the church operates. That is why the centurion can say in Matthew, he said, Jesus, don't come under my roof, but you speak the word because I am also a man of authority. When you say somebody should go, he goes. So you also can speak your word wherever you are and my servant will be healed without you coming. Jesus even did not speak. He said, ah, what a man of faith. And Bible said, when the people got there, the servant who was sick was healed because he believed. Bible says, Romans 4, said, and Abraham believed and he was accounted unto him for righteousness. It was what? Accounted. In other words, he was not righteous, but immediately he believed it was credited to him. I don't know anything, but I know in banking system we have credit and debit. Whenever your account is debit, it means that something is taken out, isn't it? But when your account is credited, it means that what? Something went in. And sometimes some things are credited into your account when it is not your direct influence. Maybe somebody chose to have a standing order and decided that every day you wire $100,000 into your account. And sometimes he chose not to tell you. But he's just wiring it. So anytime you did withdraw us and you thought your money is gone, then before you go, buy your statement, money is coming, say, what is happening? Amen. So you don't qualify for it, but you had it. Isn't it? So Abraham did not qualify for righteousness, but because he believed, it was wired to him, and he became righteous. You see, the funny thing is that sometimes we think by our works, by our attitude, because I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't womanize, I come to church early, I walk this way, that is why I am a believer. No, 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 you made a mistake. And so when we see somebody smoking, or somebody womanizing, or somebody doing it, we don't have mercy to win the people into the house of the Lord. So we are living in Christendom with the spirit of condemnation instead of the spirit of reconciliation. Oh, come on, who am I talking to this morning? Don't look, don't be holy to me. The church is full of a bunch of condemnatory people instead of reconciliation people. For Jesus came to reconcile us unto the Father and not to condemn. I said, I came not for those that I healed. I came for the sick that I may heal them. People are sick and they need healing. And the healing comes from the church. It is not from anywhere. You are the physician on assignment in the world of life. the physician. Yet we sit in a nation and we think we don't have a right until something happens to somebody in power before we know that there is a law in the country. But we don't know that what is good for the goose is good for the gander. And in the eyes of God, all men are equal. Speaking to some of you, you raise into power. Don't get there and go and introduce animal farm. Two legs good, four legs bad. You are only celebrated when they have the power to work. When your energy is sapped and you are not of use, they sell you out like snowball to go and crucify you. 
when our nation is crucifying us, our church is crucifying us. So who will be the Messiah? You are the answer to the world. Don't look at me like that. Sometimes the small monies we receive in our pockets, we even help to create faults and to destroy things. And yet we call it a blessing. The church is the answer to the world. It's not the world an answer to the church. If the church begins to take its place, there will be order in the nation. God will ask each and every one of us what we did. Some of you are having influence in places. You are having, you are occupying, you don't even want to disclose your identities. You are having influence in places. You can put a trigger, you can punch something and certain things can be done and certain things can be changed, but you are not doing it. Because at the end of the day, you see, sometimes I sit back and I said, all those that we criticize, the parliamentarians, whatever we saw, don't they go to church? I have several times met the president on the way with motorcars and he's going to church. They go to church. They listen to the word. What are we doing? James said that we should not be hearers only, but we should be doers of the word. Yet, like, if you do it, we are like people who observe themselves in the mirror and we saw all the mistakes on us. You put in the pawns and the pawns is too much in the mirror and you do not do anything about it and you still step out with your pawns plenty. They'll be laughing and you think they love you. They say, hey, do I look good? They say, oh, he, he look good. Oh, give me a wave. And that is how we are. So we are the church. We were planted in the office we are to influence it for godliness. We are planted in that place to influence for godliness. However, we are there and we are influenced for corruption. Sometimes you can't even not differentiate between who is a church, a Christian, among the unbelievers. So sometimes even when we say church, unbelievers look at us and laugh at us. Sometimes, man of God, you serious. When even go and tell somebody that you knew this person and is your member or is your this, he said, eh. So, so how can we witness? Matthew 28, the mandate of the church is to go out there to win souls and make them disciples. Disciples simply means to make somebody like yourself by training the person. Jesus discipled the apostles and Bible says in other when people saw them, they said, they are like Christ. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So Timothy took after the pattern of Paul. He says, you have many fathers, but I am your father that has given birth to you through labor of the word. This is Paul speaking. Say the church. It's serious. Isn't it? The church is a revelation. Something that is covered and was uncovered. Amen. Two, the church is, there are, there are stages or process that the church is going through. Are you there with me? First, the church first came to us by revelation. Secondly, the church is being prepared. Tell some of the church is being prepared. You see, one thing we don't know is that we are on transit. On this earth, we think it's a permanent place. Like Peter, James, and John on the mountain of transgression. He said, let's prepare. Matthew chapter 7. Let's prepare three tabernacles. One for you, Jesus. One for Moses. And let's dwell here. Some Christians want it easy. You want it cozy. Like we are here. Let's be here, pastor. Let's dwell here in the cozy environment. At the guest hotel. There is no need to migrate to Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, give a clap of it. So there are some who don't even want to step Jerusalem. 
so that it would dump in their faith and trouble their heart to give money. Oh, I thought you understand what I'm talking about. There are some people who know very well that ICGC is Legon is here. And his building, they will not come. They are waiting. That everything should be built and all the carpet in there. And they will come and enjoy the comfort of it. And there are some who are sitting, they will not contribute a dime. All they are praying for, it should be built by others. So when it's finished, we finish building it and everything is done. And they will be the number one critics. You see, sometimes those, that's why the Englishman said that empty barrels make the most noise. Man of God, I have come to realize in churches, people that make noise, they don't pay tithes. They don't redeem their pledges. They don't give offerings. But they are the loudest and the troublemakers in every assembly. They are everywhere. Their brothers and sisters are the same. From generation to generation, ever shall it be. Amen. Oh, I thought you'd give a clap of your to the Lord. But the givers who are the pillars and those people who are not givers, they always say they are the pillars. But the real givers of the church and the shakers and the movers that make things happen and they have the church as heartbeats and, and they are moving and putting their money because they cannot serve so they have to use their resources, support programs, come to intercessor prayers, do this, usher, do everything and put their life on the line. They are always gentle. From today, when busy bodies come around, you know that they are busy bodies. They come to dampen your spirit and not to prepare you. You better know where you are heading towards. I was telling somebody down, I'm getting used. A time is coming when you bounce the insult on me to hit pine, they will go. Then I would rather be trotting. <laughs> are you there with me? And it will serve as a good advert. Publicity. I said, the more you insult, you'll be insulting. That is why the church cannot be depopulated. Because Today, this morning when I was driving, I was coming, the Holy Spirit spoke specifically. He said, the church is mine. And I'll build my church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, fret not my child. For the church is mine. And my purpose for the church shall be accomplished. Jesus didn't say that the bishop will build the church. He didn't say the apostle will build the church. He didn't say names to build a church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is for God. The church is for Christ. Your servant to fulfill a purpose. I thought you'd give a clap of it. The church is being prepared to meet his bridegroom. We are being prepared to be adorned. Ephesians 5 says that we are the bridegroom. Jesus is the husband of the church. So he likens it to a man and a woman that they should be prepared. The man should prepare the wife. And the wife should love the husband and submit to him. When the man is loving the church, the wife, like Christ loved the church, how did Christ love the church? The sinful. And Christ loved the church by showing him love and took him out of sin. That he will wash him and prepare him. Some of you go and read it. Ephesians chapter 5. That he will prepare him without spot or wrinkle. You see, until we get to the state without spot or wrinkle, Jesus cannot come. Put first John chapter 3 on the board for me. Let me read it quickly. Until we get to that stage, we are saying, Jesus, come. Jesus, Jesus should come and rapture a church like this. Church where it's full of gossip. 
church where it's full of competition, church where it's full of uh, backbiting. One man of God put it in, he said, we have PAD in the church, which is pulling down. It's in the church. And you think, Jesus said he's coming to rapture a church that is without spot or wrinkle. So if you should come now, there will be chaos, including pastors and bishops and leaders and whatever, and catechists. Have you to read it in somewhere where even dickens and, and leaders uh, have gone? You see, sometimes it's easier to chastise the pastors, but the leaders hide their own. Oh, I thought you give an amen to it. Sometimes they are, they are worse off than even pastors. They have certain things under their bed. They go to consult the court and come still and sit in the church and occupy the higher seats and frustrate the move of the man of God and the pastor and the agenda of the church and still lift up their hands and worship God. Are you there with me? There are tests and there are mysteries. There was one deacon who, anytime they prepare the offering, and the offering is in transition, he has his guys there, they balance the money. He said, Hey, it happened in the, in the churches, I will not mention names. Some of you want to hear, I will not tell you. But they are grounded and founded churches that you may think they are better. Oh, the Pentecost and the charismatic. They balanced the money and they were enriching themselves. One dicking the money when they finish, they, they said they want to scrutinize everything because the pastor will chop the money. So when they finish the offering, he picks the money and he will take it home. And the accountant will come there, they will check it and they will go and bank it. And he and his wife, Ananias and Sapphira, we are serious Ananias and Sapphira in the church. Then they calculate their money. And so they always, you see, when they check it, he has to do the recording. So you wait, he will not do the recording. So when they are going, then he will do that and they'll do the recordings and balance the things and send it to the bank. And giving the pay in sleep, it's like that, they'll believe it. For years, this man was enjoying. While the pastor was sweating and preaching. And they are not taking, the painful thing, they are not taking good care even of the pastor. Anytime the pastor needs something, he says, oh, pastor, you know we don't have money, pray. The Lord will do it, Pray. There are some people, they want the pastor to remain wretched and poor till he dies. Don't you know that if your pastor remains wretched and poor, you are wretched and poor? Go and check it. Anytime your pastor is blessed, you get blessed. Because the anointing does not flow from the leg or the skirt. It flows from the head. It's a principle. There are some people who want to be respected, but they dishonor their fathers. They don't buy good clothes for their fathers. Buy good clothes for their mothers. But they want to dress and look good. And yet, when they are doing part because of that, they have taken some people to be their mothers and fathers. Because those people are looking good. So they want to associate with them. And they've forgotten about their mother who suffered and took care of them. And so when they are appearing in gatherings, they are presenting those people as a face. You better change. If you can't dress your father and your mother, no matter what you have, to me, it's useless. And to the kingdom of God is serious offense, punishable by law. And sentenced to life imprisonment. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's important. Hallelujah. We are in parliament. So, so you understand what we are talking about? Anytime you want to be respected and look good, 
dress your father and your mother the same way. So when they appear and people look at your mother, the comfort of the home of your mother, the joy your mother or your sisters are, are, are having, and the help you render to the family, then they cannot respect your wealth. I don't care how good you will do good outside. If you can't repair your home, it's useless. Go ahead and clap. Because it will do as good. It's a medicine. It's a healing. Man of God, a woman picked her own mother and made the mother in her house like a maid. The mother washes everything. The cooking utensils, baths, everybody. So the mother doesn't have good clothes. Until a friend visited her home and said, you have been studying this, your maid. Your maid is hardworking. And I need this maid of yours. Can you help me or recommend a friend like that? Then the lady got offended, and this was a well-to-do woman. She got offended and said, what are you, who are you calling my maid? He said, but who is this? He said, it's my mother. I said, your mother. Are you sure she's your real mother? So oh, she's my mother. He said, then I'm, I, 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 you are a disgrace to society. You should bow down your head in shame today. If you are here and you've neglected your parents, neglected your family, you don't take them and take good care of them. And yet you have more than enough. You should bow down your head in shame. Your better cars that you are driving is, is nothing to me. When your mother, even you can afford a small car and a driver to be picking your mother around, but you are not doing it. An old person who has taken care of you, now you are calling her a witch. If she's a witch, then you have an anointing to deal with the witchcraft. And we come lazy Christians who don't pray. So anything we say is a witch. We believe everything and run away. If there is a witch, then use the anointing. And deal with it. Go ahead and give a clap of it. Maybe you might not like this bit, but that is important. Don't forget that one day you will also grow old. You will give birth to your children. And look, the Bible standeth sure. Galatians chapter 6 says that he said, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. As church, as in the kingdom, there is a sowing time and there is a reaping time. But beware what seed you are sowing now. Because it will surely germinate. In Christendom, whatever we do, it goes ahead of us. It doesn't go behind us. You go and meet it. But as to whether when you meet it, you can laugh. Oh, go ahead and give a clap of it. He said, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. Tell somebody, I'm a child of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us. He said what? The world does not know what? Know us. The world doesn't know you. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Because the world did not know Jesus. They don't know us. So the world looked at the child and said they are a bunch of noise makers. Let's push them somewhere. Their pastors are thieves. They are rogues. They take our offering and drive in cars and look good. The church members are there. They insult the church every day. Recently the next debate is that pastors children are all bad. You see, sometimes let's stop this hypocrisy. You can have a nice hair, but your heart is filthy. Who told
told you it's about your outward appearance. It's about our heart. Some of you travel more and you see your perception will change. <laughs> oh, give a clap of your to the Lord. 